The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast. It's the Power Cap Podcast. Welcome to a special edition of the PowerCat Podcast. I'm Zach Carlson, joined by Riley Gates. We're here in San Jose following K-State's loss to UC Irvine in the first round of the NCAA tournament. As always, we're sponsored by The Bridge, Tanners, and The High Low. Get into those locations and say hi to our sponsors. Uh, Riley, what are your thoughts, just kind of off the bat? What what did you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, obviously. Um, it wasn't supposed to happen this way, right? I mean... This wasn't supposed to be the the way that this team went out. This wasn't supposed to be the way that um, this year came to an end because this was supposed to be the one that that ended the the 2013 season. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, with that LaSalle game and and in the way that that one ended, this was kind of supposed to be the the one that got it back. But uh, look, it, you can point to to energy. You can point to the the fact that that Barry Brown didn't play that much, you know, and and we'll get to that here uh, in a little bit, but all you really have to do more than anything I think is just kind of take a look at the stats. I mean, look, they started out 3 of 4 from the three-point line. They ended up finishing 8 of 27. You can't keep jacking up that many threes when you're that bad from or when you're not hitting them from the outside. Uh, you started hot, shoot some more and then when they're not falling, stop. Um, you're, you're 22 of 59 from the floor overall. Clearly they had more issues with the zone once again. Uh, something that we've been saying all year is going to come back to bite them. It's going to come back to kill them at some point, And unfortunately it did in this one. And, um, and then obviously the defense wasn't quite to, to where it needs to be or, or where it has been at times this year. It was just a very, you know, to, to kind of sum up a big answer. It, it was a very uncharacteristic game for this team that we've seen. Um, one that we're not used to, or a style of game that we're not used to seeing this team play, and it's unfortunate that it happened in the NCAA tournament because it's the one place that you can't afford to have an off day. They start the game decently. They they knock down three out of four threes, and they get up 10-point lead. But then late in the second half, 6-18 left, Mack makes the, the two-point bucket, and then they don't score a field goal. They miss 11 straight for the rest <laughs> of the half Wolf. and go into the, going to halftime tied at 30. I'm going to say this as simply and, and as bluntly as you can. You can't miss 11 straight shots. And Mike McGurl, I love Mike McGurl, but some of those shots he was taking were just, I wanted to hit my head against a wall. They were awful. They were awful shot selection on a few of them. And I know sometimes the shots just don't fall, but I would have liked to see him pass the ball up a little bit more. Um, and that to me kind of set off an alarm bell that those final six, eight, six minutes and 18 seconds, because look, it's, it's obviously going to be really tough without Dean Wade. It's going to be even tougher with Barry Brown on the bench, but this isn't a team that lacked leadership. This isn't a team that lacks skill. You got to have someone step up. You got to have someone make the plays and everybody just kind of regressed or, or they tried too hard. Um, I don't, I don't know what, what was wrong with that offensive sequence, but to me, it just got back to what I've said a few weeks ago. Is I, I think that this the staff failed to adjust in game. Um, UC Irvine hit them with a a zone defense that was just way over the top, way too hard for them to to get over. And and like I said, it it was gonna it was always gonna be this team's downfall was somebody slapping them with the zone. 
Um, so it's unfortunate that they couldn't figure it out. It's unfortunate they couldn't make adjustments because that stretch killed them. They were up by 10. If you, if you had gone up into the halftime with Barry Brown on the bench and you're up, you know, six points, four points, eight points, one of the, you know, somewhere in there, you're in terrific position. You're confident. You're feeling good. Barry's going to come back out and he's going to get things going and you're playing on Sunday. Um, and then you give up a, a stretch of, what was it? Seven to two over the final, uh, however many minutes there and and then uh you let max hazard nail that shot at the buzzer and that's kind of when i knew that this probably wasn't gonna go k-state's way and really the biggest controversy so to speak of the game was bruce sitting barry brown with two fouls for the entire first half basically 14 minutes Uh, he only plays six minutes um does he get cold sitting on the bench and is that why he wasn't as effective in the second half that obviously has a lot to do with it you can't get in your rhythm it's kind of like what we were saying with Skylar Thompson and Alex Delton this year in football. If you're sitting on the bench, sitting on the sideline, you're not going to get going. Um, but also, it just wasn't Barry's day. I mean, everybody has to go into the halftime locker room and cool down at some point. Um, and, and then they come back out for the second half and, and try to get going. But they, did, they didn't do it in this one, and, and Barry didn't get going again. Um, and obviously, it was a lot to do with that. Look, in terms of the, the situation with Barry sitting, and I don't know how you feel totally necessarily, but – um, you know, Fitz has the column up, and we're going to talk a lot more in depth, I'm sure, on the um, on the regular podcast next week when we get back to Manhattan after these uh, travel plans get sorted yeah. out a little <laughs> bit. But uh, look, I'm I'm kind of split in the middle. I lean more towards he should have played him, but Bruce is right, and and when he says, you know, people think I'm a dumbass if I leave him in, and he picks up a third foul, I, I totally agree with him. K-State fans would have shredded Bruce Weber if he'd have left Barry Brown in the game and he picked up a third. And I was fine with him sitting for the majority of that first half until it got dicey, until the momentum started to shift towards Irvine's way, and suddenly it's a six-point game, and suddenly it's a four-point game, and then a three-point game, or whatever. however that sequence went. When things start going south like that and there's you know two minutes and 15 seconds or whatever left in the half, you got to go to him. you got to get him in there and trust that he's going like, to – like Fitz wrote – Trust that your senior is going to be smart. Trust that he's going to make plays or, or you know, stay out of that foul trouble. And, and I think Barry would have been just fine. So it's unfortunate. I don't know how you feel if you feel any well, different. Well, I feel like there's been a change. I think over time, three fouls in the first half was generally okay. Coaches were much more willing to play um, play players with three fouls. Even Bruce, I don't think – this seems like a very recent thing within the last couple of years. Yeah. Very pronounced this year. Somebody gets two fouls. I mean, yeah, if you do it in the first, you know, however many minutes, you know, you go straight to the bench. Yeah, like that's fine. Two fouls before the 10-minute mark in the first half, you're, you're on the bench. But at some point, you come back in because three fouls is still – you know, you still, still have two, two more. You have two more fouls to give. You go to halftime, three fouls. You come back out, you're fine. You're fine. You pick up the fourth one maybe early, and maybe that's what they're trying to avoid. But what if you don't pick up the foul? Just play cautious, and well, you don't even have to start the second half if if you if you're scared. Well, and the the strategy gets defeated when he puts when he puts Mike McGurl or not Mike McGurl, excuse me, when he puts Cartier out there with two, and he gets yeah. a third one. Then you can't claim that because it's it changes, and and I know that he's not Bar- Cartier is not Barry, but also at the same time, I would argue. Okay, if you're going to put someone in and roll the dice, why would you not put in your best player, your senior, and, and trust him? And you can say, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe we would have lost him for the second half, and then we're in a tough position. We have to try to win without him. I'd rather be in a position where I, I rolled the dice and not in a position where I dug a hole for myself 
by not playing him. I, I think they lost the game in the first half by doing that because then it, everything was just out of whack. I think Bruce completely mismanaged the strategy of today's game. And I think yeah. that Barry should have played. And I think that I think when you get down to the two fouls, three fouls in the first half thing, I think if if Mac picks up two fouls, maybe sit him for the entire first half. But if a guard like Barry or Cartier or whoever, I think you play them until they get three fouls. And it just sucks for Barry mentally um, after this game. He's got to sit on a plane thinking, I finished the game with two fouls. My career's over, and I played 26 minutes in the last game of my career. And I scored five points in my last game, and my team lost the NCAA. Like, all of that's going through his head, all because Bruce tried to make a decision that he thought was going to benefit him in the long run. And... um Look, like you said, hindsight's only twenty twenty. You can always go back and look at it and blame him. But I feel like even during the game, it's not you don't even have to use hindsight. It, this seemed like a pretty obvious decision to everybody. I think it'll be interesting seeing next season what Bruce's strategy is on fouls. I think it'll be much the same. But I feel like Barry should have the override there, saying, "Look, coach, this is the NCAA tournament. I don't care. We're gonna we're gonna win. Go down like, swinging. Yeah, yeah." I, Look, it's, it's we can sit here and, and scream about it all day. We can sit here and write everything we want. It's not going to change what happened. It's not going to change the fact that this is going to be the talking point for the next three weeks until this tournament's over and right. and spring football's in, in full focus. So it's just really unfortunate, I guess, and, and overall that, that Barry's career had to end in this way. And, and really all three seniors. I mean, right. you know, Dean doesn't play. Um, Cam Cam played a pretty he had good a decent game. game. Cam had a fine game. His shots were not great. I mean, you know, whatever his his final percentage, he ends up shooting four of twelve from the floor. So not great. Not but great. also tough to really fault him for going four of twelve because he's out here trying to. Pick and at up times the slack. he hit some he hit some key shots. That three to cut it to two was was massive. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to win the game at that point. I really did, and I think it was pretty pretty impressive that they were in a position to even come back and win that game after they fell down by you know uh eight points it? i think yeah like very late one yeah but just crumbled down the stretch and not like i said earlier it's, it's just, it just sucks for this team for these seniors because this is the this was supposed to be the one that did it this was supposed to be the guys that, that proved it that proved last year wasn't a fluke you know that proved they were able to get out of the first weekend um and that narrative is gone from Bruce Weber to an extent. He he not only beat the first-round Demons last year, but he went to the Elite Eight. He beat Kentucky, which was damn impressive. But this is now, you know, he's been here seven years. He's gone to the tournament five times. Four of them, he's made a first-round exit. And the fifth one, he got out of the first weekend because he played UMBC. You yeah. know? I mean, now granted, he could have beaten, they could have beaten Virginia. Right. They might have beaten Virginia. Yeah. It's really tough to see it go out. Two Big 12 champions, four seed, lost on the first day. But those are just kind of the the first. I mean, overall takes from the first half. And honestly, the second half, man, I just thought that they were, I just thought they were chasing the whole time. Yeah. They were they were up at times in the second half. And they'd I mean, go down and just take a a stupid shot, yeah. like not you know something early in the shot clock or just not making the right extra pass. I don't understand the strategy of. Getting a rebound. I saw it. Now I'm gonna. It's gonna sound like I'm throwing Mike under the bus. I've already done it twice in this, but he literally got a rebound right under the basket, an offensive rebound, dribbled it out, and then took a three. I mean, that was some 2K stuff right there. <laughs> like I would do that with my player on 2K, 
And I get it. It it was open. But also, you could have gone up and you either get an easy two points or you get a foul. I just I didn't understand it at times. I, I thought that they were, like you said, taking ill-advised shots, taking shots that didn't make any sense. They were rushing them. And, and at times, they had the momentum or it was starting to come back their way. Yeah. And then they would just go do something stupid and give it right back. And and I, I, I'm i going to be in the camp that UC Irvine played a better game, but they're not a better team. And I think that's a tough well, one to swallow. UC Irvine themselves had plenty of possessions where they went down and took bad shots, put themselves in bad positions to get rebounds in case they just you know made a meal of it. It was, it was easy defensive possessions at times for K-State that they just failed to capitalize. And, and some... Very freshman mistakes at times, too. Um, Sean Neal Williams, a freshman, actually, uh, barreling into the lane and just throwing it out of bounds and and poor shot selection by the younger players at times. And it just it was clear to me that they seemed lost without Dean on the floor, Barry in full effect, and, and not really having a leader, which is weird because we've always seen this team have someone step up. We've had this. We've seen this team had someone take take over and take charge um, when it when somebody was struggling. You know, Barry's had bad games before, but maybe X showed up and and led the team that way, or you know, Mike stepped up and, and was big. And I just didn't feel like there was that person that that was willing to carry him. It just seemed like everybody was was a little bit off their game, which which is really tough. And um, and you know, I I don't think this team would have gotten past the next round. You know, whether it was Oregon or Wisconsin. You know, now it's Oregon. But I don't know as if they would have beaten either of those teams. But you know, maybe they do. Maybe they catch fire and and they go to the Sweet Sixteen. And you know, who knows? But but here we are, and it's it's the first round. And and K State's out once again. It's it's just it's not a very fun position to be in. And then for the last seven years, it's been it's been a rather familiar position to be in. Watching the round of thirty two at home. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no other way. To, I think there's a thread on the boards right now that says it's frustrating or yeah. you know, very frustrating. <laughs> that that's the title of it. So, you know that that's just kind of the raw the raw takes um, I have right now. I mean, um, have a little bit more time to digest it. You know, maybe watch the game again and and get a few more um, thoughts, maybe more well thought out, written. Um, but you know, I I think just like I said earlier, the NCAA tournament is a place where you can't afford to have a bad game. Obviously, that's a given, and this is this just so happened to be the bad one. So, um, it it is unfortunate, but that's that's what we do, and and that's <laughs> this is just what you got to deal with at times. Not everybody gets to be happy. Only one team gets to cut down the net at the end of the year. So, here's where we are. Yeah, I mean, K State was gonna lose at some point <laughs> in this tournament. It's just. It does suck to see them lose in the first round like like this. Because they were capable of so much yep. more. But everybody goes through a little bit of heartbreak every now and then, I guess. So, yep. Well, I, I think that's... Is that it for I'm, you? I mean, that's really all I've got right away right now. I guess, so actually, I, I'll add a little bit more. I think I think one thing that, at least I the, what I'm interested to see in, and, and maybe some fans will be interested to see, is who takes that next step next year? We all look at it and we, we say it's going to be Xavier. Because he's, you know, the guy. He scores points. He's he's the long athletic body. He's the guy that uh, just kind of seems like the natural one to step up. But who who becomes Barry? Who becomes Dean in terms of leadership? I mean, is it Cartier? Yeah, I think it's Cartier. I, I mean, it has to be, right? But then who becomes Cartier? You know, 
Mike. I, uh, yeah. Sean. I, I, I just, I guess uh, I'm really interested to see how the dynamic of this team changes. And it's going to be a different K-State team next year. Because I really think they're going to start one, if not two, freshmen. I think Dejuan's going to start at the shooting guard position. And I think Montavious could start down low. I really do. And I'm going to pl- plan on doing a little bit of a a projected look at next year at some point. You know, maybe it's this weekend, maybe it's next week. I'm not sure. Haven't had much of a chance to think about that. But taking a look and really analyzing what what might be this team's strength, and obviously it's going to um, – the, the offseason is going to be huge in terms of, of developing those guys and maybe getting them in the position to be able to, to be a starter. But I think we could see a little bit different style of team in terms of the fact that they might be relying on two freshmen to put up some numbers because you, you can't sit around for three years and wait for McCall to, to be consistent. And you can't wait for Austin tries to figure it out. I mean, right. at some point you're going to have to go a different direction or, or try something unique and different. Um, and maybe, maybe it isn't Montavious. Maybe you do stick with those guys. Uh, maybe Montavious struggles, but my gut right now tells me we're gonna we're gonna see a, a unique look with with two freshmen on the floor and um, Xavier and, and Cartier and you know just it, it'll be an interesting. I guess it'll be interesting. Um, like I said, and, and uh, I'm it, it'll be a, a unique challenge, no doubt, for Bruce to try to fill that. There's going to be a lot of question marks over the next eight months. K-State loses 70-64 to UC Irvine in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, from San Jose, I'm Zach Carlson. That's Riley Gates. As always, we're sponsored by The Fridge, Tanners, and The High Low. Get into those places. Say hi to our friends. We will see you on the full podcast sometime soon. The PowerCat Podcast, all rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.